two stream queens. Stream the queens. Nick and Brie here <laughs> for our fucking one year anniversary episode. <laughs> for those of you that remember or remember? were with us from the very beginning. Do you remember? Do you remember? <laughs> our first episode was Scream. The 1996 classic. Woo! <laughs> so to celebrate, we're, we have our Stream Queens mugs out and we're drinking champagne. As always. And our special surprise tonight is Scream 2. Woo-hoo! I'm so excited. I mean, kind of. <laughs> it's going to be so much fun. It's something. That's, that's for fucking sure. <laughs> Scream came out in 1997 so that was a really quick turnaround for them and scream the first one came out in 96 but at the end of 96 so Mm. this one came out in 97 it's really like hardly even a year apart yeah what the fuck that is not that i I was thinking it was like two years a couple years well in the in the movie they do say it's two years later but it didn't come out in that kind of so scream was that popular yes that it went out in theaters and people lost their shit and they were immediately like, we need to redo this. Yes, we need to do another one. I know. The 90s are wild. The <laughs> 90s were a wild fucking time. Let's fucking do it. All right. Two years after the first series of murders, as Sydney acclimates to college life, someone donning the ghost-faced costume begins a new string of killings. Of course it does. Right? (laughs) Why wouldn't it? (laughs) Why the fuck wouldn't it? Yup. Fun facts. Fun facts. The Omega Beta Zeta sorority house is the same mansion that was used as Miss Trunchbull's mansion in Matilda. Aww. Which also came out in 1996, I guess. So they're just like, yeah, keep this up. We're gonna... (laughs) We're gonna just, we're gonna film a child, a, a beloved child classic, and also murder. And then we're gonna throw Buffy out of a window. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Actors who auditioned for the part of Derek were asked to perform the scene in the cafeteria in which Derek sings, I think I love you, a cappella. That's cute. That is pretty cute. So I to, love So that. to get that role, that's what they had to do. I love drama. <laughs> that's pretty cute. He's a terrible singer, but. Oh, 100%. It was cute. But it's cute as hell. The plot twists were all top secret throughout the production. The screenplay was heavily guarded and restricted to only the most crucial personnel. None of the cast knew how the film ended, as the last 10 pages were withheld from them. Unfortunately, the first 40 pages of the script were leaked onto the internet, and Kevin Williamson was forced to do some hasty rewrites. So this means that the film uh, went into production without completing the script. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> Again, I was just re-listened to our first episode, and you're like, this was written in two days, and you're I'm like, like fucking no makes sense. Shit. Also, I always forget that the internet was, like, a thing in 1997. V- very new thing. But, how, like, how do people know how to, like, leak shit? That's crazy. It's, like, secondhand now. It's just, like, the dark web, man. So, in Scream, Tatum asked Sydney, if they make a movie about you, who's gonna play you? And Sydney answers... With my luck, they'll cast Tori Spelling. In Stab, they cast Tori Spelling. <laughs> That's shit on Tori Spelling. I love it so much. And she ends up in Scary Movie, too. God damn it. I love that movie. <laughs> Just so good. Scream 2 earned one-third of its total gross of $101.3 million in its opening weekend. So it was a huge hit. People loved it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sarah Michelle Gellar and Jerry... 
O'Connell, who was Derek, actually dated during shooting. Mmm, sexy. That's so hot. And the final fact, Reese Witherspoon and Alicia Silverstone were considered for the role of Cece. Aww. So I'm like, they all kind of have the same cute, like, blondie yeah. vibe. I love Alicia Silverstone. Yes. Stone? Silverstone? Silverstone? Yeah. In yeah. Clueless. <laughs> The, the both of them would have been so cute for that. They like all three are just mm-hmm. like great options. I was really excited about that, and they're all just like these '90s icons. So, so say, can we watch Cruel Intentions again? Yes. <laughs> oh my god, movie. I love that movie. <laughs> all right, you ready for the opening? No. <laughs> <laughs> we open to a very excited packed theater where everyone is anxiously awaiting the premiere of Stab. At this premiere, attendees receive ghost face costumes as a souvenir, which seems super safe. The movie begins, and a Drew Barrymore motherfucking lookalike, which actually is played by Heather Graham, <laughs> which I love so much. Oh, it was. It was Heather Graham, yeah, but okay. with bangs, so I didn't recognize yeah, her Yeah, I didn't first. recognize her at all either. And she's about to take a shower. <laughs> she strips just in time for the phone to ring. It's Ghostface. Jada Pinkett Smith, what the hell? She was so good. She's so good. She's so good. She hates scary movies and decides to go to the concession stand to get some popcorn. Her boyfriend scares her on the way back to the theater and says he's going to use the restroom. In the bathroom, he hears moaning in the stall and creeps to listen because what the fuck? Bam, stabbed in the ear. The mysterious murderer takes the boyfriend's jacket and sits back down next to Jada Pinkett Smith. Is that how you say your name? Pinkett, isn't it? Pinkett? 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 I always say Pinkett, Pinkett, but that's probably not right. It's something like that. I always go with Jada Pickensmith. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Jada Smith. We yes. love her. So during the first stab scene in the movie, Ghostface simultaneously stabs Jada in the fucking gut, and she bleeds out in front of everyone in the theater. Member Movie theaters. <laughs> okay, I commented on that too. Because we have not been in one. <laughs> I said, this looks like a night at Marcus Theaters during a $5 Thursday pre-COVID. Star Wars premiere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what it reminded me of. I said, why did they think giving away costumes of a murderer would be a good idea? This seems like a lot for, like, a horror movie. Oh, yeah. Why are people getting so jacked for this? I don't know. You're not Drew Barrymore to the girl that was supposed to be played Drew Barrymore. Heather Graham. (laughs) Yes. And then at one point, Jada Pickett-Smith goes out and gets (laughs) popcorn, and she's like, no butter. And I'm like, who the Fuck doesn't get butter on movie, movie theater, theater popcorn. popcorn. Dumb bitch. At that point, I'm just like, mm, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just commented because they, like, met each other on the hallway, and I'm like, wow, they're missing a lot of this movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> for, for being so excited about a premiere, although she wasn't. She openly admitted she hated scary movies. Why would you force your girl? Whatever. Right. She wanted to see some, I don't know, romantic bullshit comedy that was going on. Sandra Bullock, remember? Oh, it was Sandra... Was it Sandra Bullock? Mm-hmm. <gasps> it was probably... What would have been out at that time? What's the fucking witch 96. movie we watched? Oh, Practical Magic. Yeah, probably that practical. was a 96 movie, wasn't it? <gasps> oh my god, the stars aligned. Beautiful. <laughs> when the guy's in the bathroom, how did he stop peeing so fast and, like, check on what was going on? Because you don't have that muscle when you're peeing. Sorry, this is the shit I think about. Yeah, that. and also... Yeah, that's, re- that's an interesting point. Sorry, just had to make that out there. If um, you have a dick, tell us how you pee. I feel like you can't stop that easy, though. Right. Like, Maybe girls. you just pinch the tip. It's like a skeet, 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 like a water hose. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god, someone just put me down. <laughs> I'm in love with this. Okay. <laughs> I'll continue. 
I need to know yes. something. Okay. How does this knife get through a fucking bathroom stall wall? That shit is, like, super thick plastic, isn't it? Yes. I don't know. Super unrealistic. I wonder that about so many things, specifically in these Scream movies, mm-hmm. about how people are constantly getting murdered by a knife when it's like, you see it, he's running towards you, you can also run, and somehow you get your throat slashed. That's my main problem with the Scream movies. <laughs> but that's also, okay, and I, I think we talked about this in the first, I know, it's, it, it follow and it follows, like, the perfect bullshit that happens in, like, the classic horror movies. Yeah. Like, you think about Halloween and all of those, like, slasher films. <sighs> And that's, I think, what drew everyone in, and they loved it so much. Because they took it, and they made it part of the times. I was really grossed out that he put on the fucking jacket and sat next to the girlfriend. And all the blood on the jacket? Yeah. And she didn't notice, because she was, like, holding him. Oh, right. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, how can you not tell that's not your fucking boyfriend? Although, we we know who it ends up being in the end, and they might have a similar body build. I don't know. Yes. Benefit of the doubt. Although, the skin tone, it was dark. Yes. <laughs> Still, like, <laughs> whatever. I said, bitch, take your own advice and run. Because, like, she realizes something's going on. And yes. she's, like, trying to get out. I'm like, get the fuck out of there, bitch. Yes. Oh, my God. This is my actual nightmare. Because we are living in a time where a shooting fucking happened in a theater. And I was like, why is this theater so fucking rowdy? Why are people out of their seats? Why are they screaming? That was so chaotic. <sighs> I had so much anxiety watching that. Mm-mm. No. Yeah, I did not like that at all. I love when Jada says to her boyfriend, and we don't know their names. I don't know their names. Totally it doesn't matter. But she says, what does getting naked have to do with the plot of this story? And I was like, again, horror movies. Like, I love this movie and the first one just call out all the stupid shit all yep. the time. And, and I love it. Yeah, and she called out the, all the stupid shit, too. She's like, hang up, hang up. And I'm like, yes, hang like, up, fucking Hang up leave. and get the fuck out. Oh, yeah, yeah. we... We talk about the landlines all the time, but once again, beautiful moment with a landline in the opening when the movie inside a movie. It was lovely. <sighs> uh, and then again, just had to point out, it's just a bit grotesque how obsessed we are with murder and still are to this day. Well, yeah. I mean, true crime, and it's mostly fucking white middle-aged women. Oh, yeah. White young women. Drinking wine and solving podcast exactly. mysteries from their couch. And, like, me, I'm a sick fuck and watch scary movies by myself. Yeah, what the fuck? Flash forward, after the murder, we see Scream 2 and it slashes, which I thought was kind of cool. I don't know. I'm here for it. The graphics were terrible. Terrible, but for the the 90s, for the times. Again, I was three. Oh, shit. (laughs) Fuck me. I think I talked about this in our first movie of Scream, but I used to watch these in my friends' basements all the time. How old are you? Six years older. Oh, wait, but the other movies. Okay, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, they, because they, like, they extend. So, like, maybe I didn't watch 96 version right away, but when it came out, like, like, I would say, like, probably 98. Gotcha, because I was like, bro, you were straight up eight years old. Like. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and I, I watched the shit out of all of that. No wonder I'm fucked up. Okay. Here, here. So, Sydney is in her dorm room at Winster College. Windsor? Windsor? Windsor. It doesn't matter. Maybe it's like the Canadian whiskey Windsor. I didn't care enough to memorize the college. (laughs) Anyway, she's rudely woken up by a prank caller, but don't worry, she has caller ID and tells him to fuck off, and I thought that was lovely. Mm -hmm. Bringing in 
the high-tech shit. <laughs> Caller ID. She turns on the TV and sees Cotton talking about his false accusations of murder. Because remember, Sydney accused him of murdering her mother, and he spent a year in jail. She also sees the news about the two murder victims at the movie theater. Sydney is playing it cool, but you can tell that she's a little bit upset. She decides that she needs to find Randy, the movie expert, we remember. And she makes her way to his film class. On her way there, she's bombarded by reporters asking if she thinks that this is a copycat killer. Hey, that's just rude. So I didn't remember shit from this movie. I love the quote, because her roommate's trying to rush for the sorority. and Mm -hmm. The roommate's like, it's a sorority. And Sydney's like, that's worse. And I'm like, yes. (laughs) Yes, bitch. I love that Sydney's like our homegirl, like... A little broody, Mm -hmm. but she's not, like, gothic. Mm -hmm. She's just like, I'm a girl who likes a leather jacket. I just like leather jackets (laughs) and dark lipstick and short haircuts. (laughs) Oh, it's the guy from the first movie. I forgot he was into this kind of shit. And then I said, hi, Buffy. Yeah, oh, yeah. Ugh. And I forgot about Randy. (laughs) Randy is back. Randy is back. What a gem. No. So Randy is in his film class and everyone is talking about the murder of their two classmates, so that's chill. What the fuck? Again. That was messed up. I'm sorry. We talk about this all we talked about this in our first one where it's like they don't get a day off for grievance. Like, no. Okay, we're just back in class talking about the murders. They were joking about the murders. They were jo- They were talking about specifically sequels. That is so moral majority. You can't blame real life violence on entertainment. What? Wait a second. Yes, you can. Don't you, don't you even watch the news? Yeah, hello. The murderer was wearing a ghost mask, okay? Just like in the movie, it's directly responsible. No, it's not. Movies are not responsible for our actions. It's a classic case of life imitating art, imitating this life. This is not a hypothetical. It's not about art. I had biology with that girl. This is reality. Thank you. I agree with you. Let me tell you about reality, Mickey. I live through this, okay? Life is life. It doesn't imitate anything. Come on, Randy. With all due respect, the killer obviously patterned himself after two serial killers who have been immortalized on film. Thank you. Right. Are you suggesting that someone's trying to make a real-life sequel? Stab two? Who'd want to do that? Sequels suck. No, no. Wow. Come on, man. Oh, please, please. By definition alone, they're inferior films. It's bullshit generalization. Many sequels have surpassed their original. Oh, yeah? Name one. Yeah. Aliens. Far better than the first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, there's no accounting for taste. Thank you, Ridley Scott rules. Name another. No. <laughs> Aliens is a classic, okay? Get away from her, you bitch. I believe the line is stay away from her, you bitch. It's film class, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Whatever, you know what I mean. Another. T2. Mm. You've got a hard on for Cameron. Ooh. Big one. <laughs> but wait a second. The first Terminator is historical. Yeah. Sarah Connor. Yes. <laughs> wait, all right, all right, all right, okay. House 2, the second story. Oh, what? The entire horror genre was destroyed by sequels. I, I got it, by the way. I got it. The Godfather, part 2. All right, that's enough. That'll be a wrap. The sequel discussion to be continued. Buffy and then Pacey from Dawson's Creek, who I think we've talked about in another movie, and you were like, I don't know what the fuck Dawson's Creek is. Zero. It doesn't matter. It's entirely trash. Oh, I have zero plans. (laughs) (laughs) And 
they tell the class that they're in agreement that sequels are terrible, except for Godfather Part 2. And I was like, first of all, never watch any of those. Lord of the Rings Two Towers. Oh my god, trash. <laughs> Get your fucking ass out of here right now. I'm gonna kill you. Okay, continue. The film professor is encouraging this discussion of death and the possibility of a copycat killer, which is super fucked up. Yeah, buddy, um... He would have got fire. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm sorry. I, I get that this is a college course, but those were students in your class that were murdered. Yeah. They're brutally murdered in a theater, a packed theater. The 90s, man. I don't understand. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Sydney finds Randy after class and tells him that she does think the murders are connected to Woodbury. We're also introduced to Sydney's college boyfriend, Derek. This fraternity bro appears and plants a big kiss on Sid, which clearly irritates poor baby Randy. First of all, I was like, what a bunch of fucking nerds talking about movies. Although, I would have loved that fucking class. Oh, 100%. As I'm sitting here being like, I wish I could have been a film major. (laughs) Poor Randy still has a hard on for Sydney and puts mouth spray in his mouth. Forgot that was a thing. I forgot that you could go to fucking any dollar store, gas station. Do you remember when they used to make, like, the candy flavored? Like That's all I think about when I see that shit. All I think is the blue raspberry sour shit. Just, like, burning my throat. My mouth is, like, watering thinking of that. Well, when I saw that, I was like, huh. And then he's talking in an accent for a little bit to her. Yeah, what was that about? I don't know. I'm like, dude, you're not impressing her at all. Okay, so I watched this on Hulu Live. How did you watch it? Did you rent it? I rented it on Amazon. So sorry, Typically, every year, they re-release them on some streaming service. They didn't this year. Fuck us. Please rent it and watch it anyways. I loved it. It's on Hulu Live because it was on Freeform. Okay. So, A, I got them beeping out all that fuck words. <laughs> Which is no fun. No. And two, all the commercials were fucking loud and the movie was so quiet. quiet. So I literally had to put it on mute every time because it was too much work to turn it up and down. Oh, my and God. And every time I went to commercials, I just yell. I was like, God fucking damn it. <laughs> And because Alex was watching some football or some shit in the other room, so. Derek is a frat boy who looks like he's 37. I'm very confusioned. He he wasn't attractive at all. No, not at all. I'm sorry. I was just like, nah. He looked like if the 90s tried to make a weird whitewashed goody two-shoes Ken doll. I don't know. It was nothing I was into. My vagina was dry the whole time. (laughs) See in anything else? Because I literally did not recognize. I didn't face. either, but we should look that up. Okay. <laughs> I okay. don't care enough, actually. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably dead. <laughs> I don't know. He was seventy-five in this movie, so <laughs> just a pile of bones at this point. <sighs> Gail shows up on campus because, of course, she fucking does. I forgot With- her name. <laughs> Gail Weathers, with her bob haircut, red highlights, and new camera crew, so we know she means business. <laughs> so many notes. <laughs> she meets her competition, Debbie, who talks shit about her book. Sydney sees Gail across campus, and we all remember the bitch punch from the first scream. Sorority girls, aka the Plastics, invite Sydney and her roomie to go to a party. The girls agree to go, but quickly get distracted when Sydney sees Dewey. And his nasty fucking mustache. <laughs> I can't believe I can't believe that they just oh, Dewey. First note I have: Courtney Cox, nice fucking hair. <laughs> Sorry. 
The other reporter is the aunt from Roseanne. Oh, I never watched that show. Oh, shit. I was, like, an eighth grader, and I would watch that, like, all day. Wasn't it kind of a dirty show? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was a good show. Except for now the main character is a bitch, because she's a Trump supporter, and that's why she's not on the reboot. I was gonna say, wasn't she hella racist? Uh-huh. That's why she's not on the reboot. Oh, shit. Just okay. drink that tea. Mm. It was a good show, though. Mm-hmm. I said, Randy's friend is hot. Because we meet the friend Mickey. That's oh, also in their club. And I thought he was really hot. He's the Josh Dumal fucking lookalike, but I can never remember his name. I have no idea who he is, but he's very good looking. Yeah, so good he's, for him. he's in. I've got a movie that you absolutely need to see. <gasps> put it on the list, bitch. I'm going to put it on the list. I said Sydney's boyfriend is creepy looking. <laughs> he is. The one thing I had to point out is the sorority plastics. <laughs> when one of them says, Yeah, it's like the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Did you ever play that? What? It literally just means that every single person ha- is six degrees away from Kevin Bacon. Oh my god, did you explain this to me I lately? think so. It was, you or Alex, someone mm-hmm. fucking told me about this, but yeah. Okay. And they brought it up in this movie and I was like, what a throwback. Yeah, you, someone said that. It was probably you. So good. <laughs> so Dewey and Sydney sit and chat about school and also the psycho murderer that's probably after her. Dewey says he will hang around to keep an eye on her and make sure she's safe. Just go home. Yeah. <laughs> He's such a questionable character. I don't understand. Like, he was Tatum's brother, but now he's around. I don't know. He's confusing. I hate him. (laughs) He's just there as, like, a sex toy for Gail. Like I said, I hate him. (laughs) Yeah. Sydney meets back up with her Scooby gang, and Gail approaches them to have a few words. But instead, Gail ambushes with Cotton. Sydney is not having it and fucking bitch slaps Gail again, which I was totally here for. Gail flees and runs into Dewey, her sex ex. He tells her to leave Sydney alone. Dewey explains that he is pissed about his portrayal in the book and storms off. Okay. <laughs> again. Forgot everything that happened in the first movie. Uh-huh. First of all, Sydney's an actress. She's like, I have the lead in the play. And I'm like, of course you do, Sydney. You dumb bitch. You complex, dark human being. She did have the same earrings as Jade Pickett-Smith in the opening scene. Did she really? Mm-hmm. Or close fucking to it. <gasps> because Jada had her, like, head shaved, and so you could yep. really, like, see it. And I was like, oh, those are, like, the same earrings. That's a nugget of a find. Good for you. That's what I'm here for. Yep. Who is Cotton again? I literally have it all caps. Because <laughs> I totally forgot. And then I said, never mind, this is fucked. Yep. Forgot she smacked Courtney Cox in the first one. And I she was like, punched her in the first and one. And I was like, haha, she smacked Courtney Cox. And I was like, wait, I think this happened in the first one. And then I was like, haha, I forgot his name was Dwight. <laughs> I don't, I think I hated him the first movie. You did. Too. You okay. shit on him a lot, which it's small town. He was fresh out of college. He, he encouraged teens to drink and drive. He showed up at the party. Take their keys. Okay. Yeah. And then we're also the same fucking Courtney rant. Cox. In the goddamn ditch. I mean... Whatever happened there, all of a sudden, like, we never hear about why... Oh, it was the book. He read the book and said, Mm. fuck you, that's what happened. Okay, connected those dots. I, like I said, don't remember. Do you think they were fucking while she was writing the book those two years? Probably. And then he read the book and he was like, what the fuck, you cunt? I think they probably were fucking they on the side. They were totally fucking on the side. And then he read the book after it mm-hmm. came out and was like, um, excuse Ghosted you. Ghosted that bitch. Yep. How do people hook up without cell phones? That's what I want to know. I mean, they had cell phones. Okay, without fucking prehistoric BS. <laughs> Whatever. Continue. I love that Courtney Cox says, you need to check your conscience at the door, sweetie. 
when it comes to, like, the bullshit she pulls mm-hmm. all the time. The sexual tension between her and Dewey is just non-existent. So gro- well, and it's so <laughs> gross throughout the f- entire fucking film. It's so forced. It's so gross. Oh my god, it's terrible. And then I also I bring up again, what is the age gap between Gail and Dewey? Like, is Gail also a young new hot thing that's like a reporter? Is she thirty seven? Is Dewey eighteen? I couldn't fucking tell you. I, what kind of, like, pedophile heaven is this? I don't know. I'm very confused. I don't know, dude. Against better judgment, the Scoobies go to the sorority party. Meanwhile, Buffy is home alone as the designated sober sister. She gets a call that she assumes is her trashy boyfriend, Ted. The mystery voice asks if she wants to die tonight. Buffy hangs up and calls her friend back. Who happens to be Thelma Blar. I don't know if you know that. What? Who played Cece in Cruel Intentions. That was her guest uh, appearance on this movie. Was the girl on the phone. Adorable. I don't know. I was really into it. No, I'm so here for that. I didn't know that. That was like a little fact I saw and I was like, what? That's amazing. Cruel Intentions. We're here for it. We love it. So good. While on the phone, Buffy hears a noise upstairs. She runs into her sister Donnie in the kitchen Uh, And they decide to ignore the noise. It's nothing. It was probably just Dawn. Ghostface calls back, distracting Buffy and the sister, and walks through the front door. Donnie goes to the party, leaving Ghostface and Buffy alone. Said, are you watching your own show, Buffy? Mm Mm-hmm. Because it was on at this time, right? There's a rumor that she was in between filming, which she was, but she didn't tell the Buffy peeps that she was cutting her hair for this one. Oh. So then they had to come up with some reason that she cut her hair for the show. <laughs> God damn, I need to watch that. Yeah, it's so good. So all the prank calls low-key reminds me of when everyone dressed up as clowns and chased people around after the new It movie. Holy shit, that was a thing. It looks like a goddamn jacuzzi tub in my cup. Um, I thought Donnie was suspicious at first. Oh, fuck yeah. Because I was like, why is she in the house? Why isn't she there? Who knows? Donnie. 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 Another Buffy reference is that <laughs> Buffy's younger sister, her name is Dawn. So there's like that You're little such a fucking nerd. connection there too, which is kind of cute. Oh my god. Oh yeah, then I saw him sneak in, but I also noticed in the background... There's a sign that says, no eating in the living room. Yes. And she's chowing down pizza like a fucking queen. She's eating an entire pizza by herself, sober, same. I mean, sober or hammered. I also loved and had to point out, because I feel like in these movies, they're so particular about the outfits that they wear, and they're perfectly 90s. Oh my god, I was so feeling it. Um... I would say Sydney's outfit when they go to the party, she's got that mesh top. It's like a long sleeve mesh on the top. And then like the silk tank top underneath was an absolute mood. Everybody wore that. Everybody wore that. Oh, I was feeling Buffy's outfit during this. Buffy is always on brand. She's like comfy queen. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Uh, I also do love that when Buffy's on the phone, she's like, drink with your brain. That's our motto. (laughs) Like, make sure you get a sober cab. I mean, smart, I guess. Fucking love you, queen. <laughs> God, she's a queen. Oh, I'm yeah. obsessed with her. Buffy silently walks through the main level of the house and hopes to sneak up on the mystery person. Ghostface jumps out and chases Buffy up the stairs. He scurries around a perfectly placed bike, I guess, <laughs> and yeets Buffy out the window. Oh my God, you used it. I used it correctly. I said the same thing. I said he just eats her off the building. <laughs> and it's funny because that was popular in like 2014. 
and my 32-year-old ass finally figured it out. <laughs> Back at the party, the Plastics are trying to recruit Sid and her roomie to join their sorority. Some random drunk sorority girls run by yelling, Oh my god, check out the murder bullshit at the sorority house! Oh my god! Because that's just how you announced there was a murder? I don't know. Gail is on the scene, of course, and her new nemesis, Debbie, fights over the same story. Sydney goes back into the house to grab her jacket and the phone rings. She answers it because why wouldn't you answer someone else's phone in someone else's house? I don't understand. Uh, she answers and Ghostface tells her he will kill her. She hangs up only to be chased by him through the house. So Sydney escapes through the patio door just in time for her boyfriend Derek to run back in to catch the killer. Dewey approaches with a terrible running form. The two go back inside and find Derek covered in blood and the killer is nowhere to be found. Jesus Christ. I said I have to use my strong hand. <laughs> Dewey, I hate him so fucking much. Dewey! Dewey! Oh, um, no. They're at a mixer, y'all! Oh, so I had a lot of friends in college that were in Greek life and... Seriously? Because they're like, sororities are all about sex. And I'm like, oh, my friends always justify it as being like networking and like good on your resume, but actually it was just hazing and, and buying sex. your friends and, and sex. Yep. Anyway... Some guy talks shit about Ewoks, and I almost threw hands. <laughs> I do not remember that. That's awesome. They're like, yeah, there's dumb Ewoks, and I'm like, fuck you. Anyways. Oh, I love that. When the party gets busted, and they all leave, this one girl was like, I should have brought my drink out, and I'm like, same bitch. Yes. <laughs> I don't remember who it is. I think it's, because it wasn't Randy at that party, too. He's part yes. of the Scoobies. Yep. He makes a really great comment, because he always does kind of with those, like, film analogy bullshit. Mm -hmm. And he says, it's not a sequel, it's part of a trilogy. It's perfectly planned. <laughs> I'm only watching these for you, just I, so you know. I know. I really appreciate it, because I watch them every year, and I love them so much. Oh my god, the killer's going to be Dewey, isn't it? I'm calling it right now. That would have been a fucking gem I of a ride. I was convinced. I was like, it's this motherfucker. And then he's faking the injury. That's what I thought. At the hospital, Sydney exclaims that she knew the murder wasn't over. She sees Derek, who is very suspicious, while being questioned. How did he get away from the killer so easily? He had one cut. <laughs> Derek is brought to the police station for questioning. Dewey, Gale, and Sheriff Andrews discuss the case and realize the killer is following the same pattern as the Woodbury killer. It's because they had the same names. The and that's same why like, names. <laughs> and they have a copycat on their hands. Sydney tells Derek that they should take some space for his safety, and also he might be the killer. <sighs> because honestly, let's think that through. Her first boyfriend was a killer. No, I get it. I mean, she was chased by her fucking ex-boyfriend. Yep. Mickey, again, is in the scene, and I'm like, who is this hot guy? Yeah. Just and some then, guy from college? What? But I did, I did say I'm getting vibes from him that are not chill, because he was trying to fucking plant evidence into someone else. Uh-huh. And he slipped, too. One of them slipped. It was either him or Derek. They said something, and I'm like, yep. oh, he slipped, you motherfucker. Yep. And then I literally said, okay, so now I think the hot friend and Dewey are in it together. I thought they were going to be, mm -hmm. like, the two murderers. And then he tried to... Plant the bait on Randy. Is yes, this the next scene? That's what it was. Okay. Yep. And the other thing about this scene is that when Sydney's trying to break up with Derek, I'm pretty sure it's Derek that says this, the 90s is no time to play hero. <laughs> yeah, okay. And then also Derek, the fucking hornball, because she only dates creepy hornball men, is like, 
how am I ever going to get you alone? I'm like, why does she always date gross dudes? She just needs to date women at this point. Remember, it's like, trying to keep it PG-13? Do you remember that from fucking the first no, movie? No, I do, and she needs to stop dating men. That's my consensus. <laughs> she Well, she should have been with Tatum, but she was such a bitch. I thought her and Gail had some sexual vibes this... Oh, they definitely had some tension. Although, that would make Gail probably a predator. I mean, she's an adult now, so... <laughs> Dewey and Gail continue to argue about her book. Debbie approaches and suggests that a copycat killer could very well likely have come from Woodbury, the original murder town. She hints at that it could be Dewey. At lunch, the Scoobies talk about Sydney's bodyguards. Derek starts singing Top Gun. Derek gives Sid his Greek letters to protect her. And the roomie says he will be punished for doing something like this. They don't allow that. So fucking stupid. There's some quote that says, that's what they said about Dahmer. And I started laughing. Mm -hmm. That was funny shit. Why is he singing? And I said, oh, I haven't seen Top Gun, so I don't get it. Yes. That's we, on our list. It's on the list. You, It's, you'll, you'll actually, you'll probably like it. I'll probably like it, but I did not fucking get it. And I was like, why is everyone losing their mind? They're like, oh, it's I, from Top Gun. And I was like, ugh. I, I don't like Derek. The line you're thinking of is, this guy is harmless. That And then Randy or someone says, that's what they said about Dahmer. <laughs> yeah. This is some real 90s shit. Early 2000s. Like, I think about, again, 10 Things I Hate About You. Where he sings in the whole fucking anthem outside. <laughs> but although that part is really cute. This part I just found to be disgusting. Yeah. And then I said, oh my god, I would not want a frat boy to put his letters on me. No, like fucking branding me? No. And it's like, that's gonna keep you safe. So there's a stab movie review. And it's... <sighs> <laughs> and it's playing on a TV on campus. Randy goes into detail about how to create a good sequel and tells Dewey to look at the suspects. It could be the boyfriend, but that's tired. Gail and Joel talk and Joel is like, I'm out. So that's where Joel comes in and he's like, I can't do this anymore, Gail. I'm not putting my life in, on the line here. But Gail pep talks him into staying. Sydney tells her acting teacher, I think his name is Gus, which is such a weird fucking name, Gus, Gus. that she needs to step down from her lead role but the professor is like, nah, be fearless, you'll be fine. The class rehearses a climactic scene from Troy. One of the extras has a scream mask on and pulls out a real fucking knife. Or maybe that was her imagination. My eyes are rolling so hard right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, they showed Tony What's-Her-Nuts. Literally forgot her last name, so... Spelling! And I said, my B. And I said, ah, here we are again with the fucking rules. Of goddamn movies. Uh-huh. Um, I said, good thing you're telling the murderer this, because at this point, I'm still convinced it's fucking Dewey. Dewey. <laughs> he mentioned Candyman's daughter, and that's racist as fuck, because mm -hmm. he, that's how he, ran, he mentioned the roommate. He's like, Candyman's daughter. I'm like, oh, you're gonna mention the, like, only proof like a black serial killer, you piece of yep. shit. All that. I wouldn't put it past Gail, but I know she's in other movies, so I don't know. <laughs> and again, we can't get rid of Gail. She's still filming Friends. Exactly. <laughs> and then just to do it again, his limp is fake. So fake. That's where he finally talks about the limp and he reminds us all that it was because of a stabbing. And I was like, oh shit, I'm an asshole. The limp is because he got stabbed in the first movie. It's not because of scary movie. <laughs> I gotta use my strong hand. We're assholes. Gail's outfit is lit though. And I point that out, too. I'm like, Gail just gets hotter as this movie progresses. Mm -hmm. For real, they're having the play still after three murders. Again, 
Why? The show must go on. Why is the campus not shut down? I don't know. Absolutely no idea. I said this set is basically set up for murder. It is. Oh my god, who told her to try out for this play? She's getting chased by guys in masks with knives. Talk about PTSD. Seriously. And Gus Gus was like, you got it, boo. You'll be fine. And then I said, come on, Derek. Why do you have to be the creepy boyfriend again? (laughs) Sydney goes backstage where Derek is waiting for her. She asks him to leave her alone. Gail, Joel, Dewey, and Randy talk about the copycat killer. Gail suggests they figure out the death pattern, which I'm like... Okay, fucking awesome. This is like, uh, what's that movie where they all get killed off? Final Destination? Yes, that's what I was thinking of. Some good shit right there. (laughs) That movie, I would fucking love to. fucking slaps. I would love to do that movie with you. Uh, I don't care that we've both seen it. Oh, I was gonna say, we both definitely have seen it. Yeah, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Randy gets a call from Ghostface while they're having this conversation and tells the others that they're being watched. Randy keeps the killer on the line so that they can try to track down the cell phone being used. (laughs) While they harass every student in a mile radius on campus, Randy walks by the media van, getting pulled in and stabbed. Blood leaks out the bottom of the car. While looking for Randy, Gail and Dewey find him mutilated in the back seat. I was really sad because I love his insight on these movies. I still think he's going to come back, but for some reason. Um, (laughs) As a fucking ghost. Yeah, they were talking about who was going to cast them in the movie, and Courtney Cox said, I hope they have my face with Jennifer Aniston's body. And I'm like, that is some meta fucking shit right there. And can I tell you why they put that in why? there? So there were nudes leaked during the filming of this. And someone legit leaked nudes of her head and Jennifer Aniston's body. <laughs> okay, the respect I just gained from this movie went up significantly. They added that in just being like, this is too funny. Okay, again, respect just went up way high. Can we talk about my favorite line from Joel? Fucking Joel. Get me coffee, donuts, and Prozac. That's all you need. That's my new fucking (laughs) Twitter bio, honestly. God damn it. I want it. They just left Randy alone after calling Rude. He's on the phone with the killer, and they're like, nah, nah, he's fine, he's fine. We're just gonna go find the killer. No, 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 dude. Someone Buddy stay. system. Someone fucking stay with Randy. Buddy system. Who is going to be brutally murdered in a few minutes. Do you know I just thought of? What? Because all this college talk is making me think of college. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that fucked up thing that probably still happens where sororities and fraternities volunteer to walk girls home from yes. campus to their dorms? It's just rape. <sighs> For 1997, there's sure a lot of people on cell phones. Because, again, I Um, thought you couldn't get a cell phone until you were, like, 30. I was like, wow, these cell phones have gotten so much better since the first movie. Because we only saw one cell phone in the first movie, and it was when Billy accidentally dropped it. I could have called that he was chilling in the van or building. And then when he's stabbing Randy, I was like, looks like they're banging. (laughs) Randy probably thought they were, right? And I said, oh, it's a news van. Interesting. Because I'm still trying to work out my theories of who the fucking killer is going to be. So I'm like, maybe it's Gil. Maybe it's cameraman. It could still... Oh my god, what if it was Joel? No, he's too pure. He's so pure. And I said, rip Randy. Oh, Randy. I still call it he comes back in one of the old movies. I just love... Just saying. I love Randy so much. Well, he did, bitch. I also love the arrogance that is Gail Weathers. And... Who does she run up? She runs up to someone and she's like, 
who is this on the phone? And the person's like, who is this? And she's like, I'm Gail Weathers, author of the Woodboro Murders. And I'm like, bitch, you don't have to announce your fucking book every time you get a chance. But also kudos for Courtney Cox, because that's I fucking amazing. <laughs> I love her so much. I do love her. I hate Friends, these, but love her. But these movies were, like, I have so much respect for her from these mm-hmm. stupid movies. Yeah. I don't know how she keeps doing it, man. So, and I think she comes back for this next, this newest one, too. <laughs> She's still alive. <laughs> Yeah, she is. Did you ever watch Cougar Town? I didn't, but I feel like I would like it. Oh, yeah, you would. <laughs> Sydney receives an instant message while in the computer lab saying, you're going to die tonight. Cotton shows up out of nowhere and tells Sid they need to talk. Diane Sawyer wants to have both of them on her show. Sydney refuses, and Cotton gets aggressive. He grabs her, but just in time, Sid's bodyguards take him down. At the station, Sydney feels terrible that Randy was murdered. Because you should, bitch. (laughs) Cotton explains he is innocent. They can't hold him any longer. Gail shows up as Cotton is leaving. She sees he is upset and tells him to not do anything stupid. Dewey vows that he will find the killer. Oh, yeah, you get fucking on it, Dewey. Anyways, I said, surely the campus will close down now. (laughs) Nope. Nope. And I said, look at those computers. No fucking way. Mm Mm-mm. I said, sweet, I am, because no one fucking says that anymore. (laughs) Okay. And they didn't even have instant messenger. You had to press, like, fucking buttons to open any sort of behind the scenes, which we had to do in high school. Because you were, like, coding, and then if you got, like, an IM And the only way to talk to someone, yeah, you had to, like, pull up, you had to pull it up almost from, like, the back system to have it show up at all. Sounds like so much work. It was so much work, but it was like kind of fun, you know. Uh, she grabs her the necklace right when danger happens. She's like, huh, "I need to grab these fraternity letters to make me feel protected." I was like, "Fuck you!" Like, let me just grab Derek's balls. Fraternity's more like a. And then I said, "Ew, creepy cotton guy. He's my new suspect." Yeah, cotton guy, you made yourself real suspicious. Forgot Randy died. <laughs> yeah, Randy's gone. Cause Dewey's like, I made the phone call. I'm like, whoa, you're so fucking heroic. Fucking Dewey, you just need to make yourself less suspicious as well. <laughs> I can't get over this douchebag that is Dewey. Were fans really that crazy over him? They're like, we need to see him in the second movie. What, they just wanted to see that, like, fucking steam sweeper goddamn mustache? Like, what Ugh. was that fucking mustache? It was, like, two inches long. I it bet was... it smelled just like pure butt. Ew, David! Gail and her nemesis, Debbie, have a standoff. Cameraman Joel, our king, drops off his footage for Gail and pieces out. He does not want to die over this shit. Gail tells Dewey she feels bad for being such an attention-seeking whore, and Dewey calls her bluff, saying it's just another Gail Weathers performance. After a few seconds of serious sexual tension and some pretty intense music, the two team up. Gail realizes that the killer must be on the tapes if he is relishing every minute of the murders. Dewey grabs Joel's footage and the two run off. Dewey's just everywhere. I just got so pissed he kept appearing on my screen that... Yeah, was he like the sex symbol of this movie? Someone who was sexually active in 1997, please tell us, because what the fuck? (laughs) Did you want to fuck Dewey? Did you? Did you? Because I'm judging you. (laughs) I did mention the weird tension between Dewey and Gail. It gets sexual very quickly. And I'm like, they must have had some kinky ass sex if like, no, you know what? I was gonna say they look vanilla. They ain't vanilla. Gail's got a treasure chest. Pegasaurus. (laughs) 
Gail and Dewey go to the school of film looking for a VCR. (laughs) (laughs) They find one in a lecture hall. The two have extreme sexual tension as they play back the tapes. There is a killer on the loose in Dewey's pants. And they begin to make out on the professor's desk. Dewey is mid-boob grab when footage of all of the murders start playing. Someone is now filming them. Dewey runs upstairs to catch the killer, but there's no one in sight. Instead, Ghostface is behind Gail and almost stabs her, but she escapes as Dewey falls fucking down the flight of stairs. Good. Good. (laughs) Doesn't kill him, though, apparently. (sighs) Oh my god, cute memes bashing each other because they're like watching the tapes and like, oh my god, remember how much we hated each other? And I'm like, ugh, hate sex. That's what it is. It's it's hate sex, and also I looked at that and I was just like, are the straights okay? No, I thought it was Mickey. <gasps> you thought it was because Mickey Mickey from the film class. Yeah, because mm. like they were making it all like, yeah. oh, I filmed all the murders and shit, and I'm just like, you're like that psycho probably did it. You caught that pretty quick. It just also pissed me off how fast this fucker gets around everybody. I know. It's inhuman and not possible. No. And that's what pisses me off about But again, classics, stab movie. Gail finds a soundproof studio room and does not lock the door. Isn't that rule number one from our other queens? Lock your, your fucking, fucking doors. Or, you know, get out of the fucking building that that person's in and, like, scream and run and make a goddamn scene. Right. I don't understand. Exactly. (laughs) Okay. Ghostface follows her in because she didn't lock the door. She sneaks behind half walls of soundproofing, which I thought this was a really cool scene. It was cool to... Not not like it was, like, creative in the sense that it was like, oh, yeah, we're in this creepy... But the way they filmed it, where it was like, he was sneaking around, she Mm -hmm. was kind of... And they wait... I don't know. It looked really cool, the way they did that. Classic. It is. It's very classic. It was classy. I liked it. I don't know. It was fun. <laughs> it was fun to watch. It was entertaining. She sneaks behind these half walls and she makes it to another room and actually locks the door this time, or so I thought, because she did turn a knob, I thought. Anyways, Dewey enters the first soundproof room where Ghostface is waiting. He knocks on the glass to get Gail's attention, but she doesn't hear him. Ghostface attacks Dewey and stabs him while Gail watches. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, when he's first chasing after her, I'm like, oh my god, the guy's limping like Dewey. I was like, it's fucking Dewey. I'm still convinced. And all of a sudden, Dewey shows up. Also, I don't think sneaking around, like, when someone's after you works like that. I don't think it does If I was after somebody, I literally wouldn't sneak. I would fucking run after them, and that would be that. Yeah. I wouldn't try to, like, sneak around. There's no, you no point. No. Yeah. I mean, I would never think of killing anyone ever, so. Nope. So there's that. And I said, don't worry, that knife can still go through doors, Courtney Cox. <laughs> yeah. This is where I said, God, Courtney Cox has only gotten hotter in this movie. <laughs> right? I know. I was like, did they dye your Damn. hair halfway through this movie what or something? Although those streaks were on brand for the time, because uh, think of, like, Kelly Clarkson and, oh my God. Okay. And then I thought it was Dewey. I fucking knew it was him because he comes in first. And well, and like, also that makes a lot of sense because he because there's always like a duo. Yeah. So could Dewey be yep. the, the second person? And then I said, "Oh, never mind. Dewey's super dead." And then she's like crying. I was like, "Bitch, she wasn't that great. Don't act all sad." Pega, <laughs> Pega. And then I was like, "What is this guy's deal? Like, you don't have to murder everybody." <laughs> 
I don't understand. Like, can you stop? I don't understand. Don't understand. Don't understand. I don't understand. Ghostface tries to attack Gail, but she throws a bookcase in front of the door that I thought she had locked. He runs back to the soundproof room and tries to break the glass. It doesn't work, so oh, he shit. looks for another way in. Sorry, keep you out of here. Meanwhile, Derek is waiting for Sydney to kiss her goodbye before she goes into hiding. As she drives off with her roommate and two bodyguards, Derek's fraternity brothers grab him and tie him up for giving up his letters. They pour beer all over him and drink in the middle of campus, question mark? Not only campus, the stage with the set set up as a former theater kid that's fucked up. <laughs> oh, were they there? They were on the stage. Oh, that makes... Okay, yeah. so I've got notes later on where I'm very confused as to how he ended up there, but okay. I got you. Sydney Kiss is so weird. Yeah. It's like so Sasha just like the... One of those 90s kisses where... This happens a lot in Buffy, too, where they kiss, but there's like no tongue, but it's just like... like It's almost like two clouds touching and nothing else. Okay. It's the weirdest fucking thing. Whatever. And then I thought he was getting abducted by the killer, so I'm like, oh, okay, I'm genuinely shocked at how fast, oh, never mind, it's Greek shit. (laughs) I said, can't wait for this fucker to get stabbed on stage. (laughs) Sydney and friends are in the car at a stoplight when Ghostface jumps out and attacks the two bodyguards. Of course, Sid, once again, is stuck in a fucking car. Remember from our first one? No, I didn't even, oh, I didn't even put that together. Where we said, make sure you lock your trunks, lock your doors, lock your windows, too. <laughs> Ghostface drives off with the girls in the car, running over the only alive bodyguard and crashing into the construction site. The only way to escape is to go through the front seat over Ghostface. They pull back the wire from the cop car, and Sid limbos to the front seat. She goes to pull his mask off and honks the horn, but Ghostface doesn't move, so we're hoping he's at least knocked out. She crawls over him to exit through the window. Her roommate does the same. The two make it out of the car and run away, but Sid's curiosity gets the best of her, and she runs back to pull the mask off the killer. She gets to the car only to see that Ghostface is gone. (laughs) Okay, where do I even fucking start? How does this fucker find her everywhere? I don't get it. If the killer was smart, he would pretend to be dead and then stab them. Mm -hmm. Because if I was that motivated to kill teenage girls, I guess, I would do that. But I feel like, God, he's such a creep that he, like, wanted to lure them into... He wanted to lure Sid into the uh, auditorium where it was, like, her performance. I know. This is very good acting because she's so close to him. You can see how fucking disgusted she is and how, like, like, a hard time she has with it. When she, like, crawls over him, I'm like... Phenomenal acting. Which is, as a woman, we can relate. Like, that fucking creepy guy you don't get anywhere close to. I mean, not getting chased by a killer, but we've no, all but... had those people where we're like, Yep. No. Yep. And I thought she was going to remove the mask. She was so fucking close. Wait, did... Haley died, right? She... N- yeah. This next scene. Oh, yep. shit. Sorry. Plot twist. Oh, you know her name? I just call her roommate. Subtitles. Haley. Okay. How did they run and he got out of the car down to the other side where Haley was? It makes no fucking okay. sense. Ghostface jumps out from behind the construction and kills Sid's roommate, Haley. Apparently, she's so good. I loved Haley's character. I know. Back at film school, Gail escapes the sound room and runs into Cotton in the hallway, who is covered in blood. 
He tries to explain that he was trying to help Dewey, but Gail does not believe that. She runs out of the building and straight into this news local bitch, Debbie. Gail tells her that Colton is the killer. Meanwhile, Sydney runs into the auditorium. She jumps on stage and a spotlight targets her. Props begin to fall around her and music plays. A body is lowered to the stage. It's Derek. This is so fucking dramatic. And, like, honestly, they needed, like, a whole crew to pull this off. There's no way two of them could do it. When he stabs Haley, I'm like, how the fuck do you get out of the car that fast? Like, there's no way this fucker can move that fast. No fucking way. And then he fucking stops running after Sydney. I'm like, you're that motivated to, like, kill but he, her? He had but... a plan. He had to get her to that auditorium so that he could, like, make a full-on fucking scene. At this point, there's, like, what, 20 minutes left in the oh, movie? Yeah. And I literally say in all caps, when are we going to learn who the killer is? So I was just getting pissed <laughs> at that point. I was like, fuck this. Okay, the empty stage and whatever is going on is setting up bad vibes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just all around bad vibes. My Apple Watch is telling me to breathe because I'm getting so worked up about this. <laughs> it's about to go down. It's about to go down. <laughs> Sydney tries to take Derek off the cross, but the killer joins them on stage. Ghostface reveals himself as Mickey and frames Derek as his partner. Sid doesn't know what to do, and before she can untie Derek, Mickey shoots him in the chest. Mickey explains that he wants to get caught because he has a foolproof plan of blaming it all on the effects of cinematic violence on society. See, I've got my whole defense planned out. I'm gonna blame the movies. Pretty go, huh? It hasn't been done before. You see, this is just the beginning, a prelude to the trial. That's where the real fun is, because these days it's all about the trial. Can't you see it? The effects of cinema violence on society. I'll get Dershowitz or Cochran to represent me. Bob Dole on the witness stand in my defense. Hell, the Christian coalition will pay my legal fees. It's air tight, Sid. I'm an innocent victim. You're a psychotic. Yeah, well. love a good trial. It's like theater. They're dying for it. And I've worked hard to give the audience what they want. See, that's what Billy was good at. He knew. It's all about execution. Yeah. Well, you're forgetting one thing about Billy Loomis. What's that? I fucking killed him. Honestly, fucking fair. <laughs> Sydney tries to attack Mickey but he has the upper hand because also he has a fucking gun and a knife. And she has zero weapons. I'm shocked it took this long into the series for someone to get a fucking gun in this goddamn movie. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, like, accessible. You can get them anywhere. Anywhere. Yeah. Walmart. Exactly. Do you want to keep going or do you want me to have oh, some notes? Oh, tell us. I asked why Sydney was running towards the school. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't explain any of that. Why is she trying to get to the school? Go to your fucking dorms. And get, like, an adult Yeah, she officer? she goes straight to... Well, no, not to police officer, sorry. Like, security or some shit. Call Dewey, your smush buddy. What no, is... he's dead, remember? Oh, yeah, now he's dead. <laughs> okay, but also, where did everyone else go from that fucking, like, hazing shit? Did they just leave him on the cross and the killer found him and was like... Yeah, Rrr! because Derek was like, oh, thank God you're here. I thought I was going to be up here until production time. Okay, well, obviously I fucking missed that. Hi, I knew it was Mickey, bitches! I fucking called it! Fuck you! I'm the best! <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Mickey is ruthless in this. When he, he did a dead mom joke! <laughs> yeah, that's what I was gonna say. When he Sorry. says... 
he seems like a really great guy. Like, who, he's the kind of guy you would take home to mom if you had a mom. This guy literally has no fucking motive, and that's what kind of pisses me off about the movie. Right, but he connects with someone who does, and I think that's what pulls it together, because she makes a reference, and we'll talk about that yeah, later, yeah. about finding a serial killer. Yeah, 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 I guess. Yep. I forgot about that. Yep. So Derek's body begins to lift up into the rafters, and Debbie walks on stage. Only Sydney recognizes her as Mrs. Lomez, Billy's mother. Mickey explains that Mrs. Lomez reached out to him online and they became partners because there are only so many serial killers that are available uh, in the, you know, in the area. And so she was really thrilled to have Billy there. I'm sorry. You missed the part where she clenched the Greek letters and like whipped him with it. So they protected her. Stupid. Honestly, fucking Okay, sorry. Stupid. Continue. All right. I have more about that later. <laughs> that Mrs. Loomis reached out to him online and they became partners. Mrs. Loomis tells Mickey his idea is stupid and then kills him. In the process, Loomis also shoots Gail. She has the worst look. This is her second time getting shot. <laughs> for the, you know, for the story. Yeah. Loomis corners Sydney explaining she has plans to frame Mickey for the murders. Loomis goes fucking bananas and rants to Sydney about her whore mother. Sydney bashes Loomis over the head and runs out. She grabs the emergency fire axe and begins releasing the stage lighting and props. The bricks tumble, squashing Loomis. And then she's like, don't you remember what happened to my last boyfriend? I killed him. And I'm like, okay, sweetie. Like, I did like that ballsy, that ballsy confidence. Okay, but like, don't put out that you love to kill as much as everyone else <laughs> going Fair. at you. And I said, people are going to have a very hard time believing you if you keep killing the murderers. Right. That's all I was saying. That when Gail came out, she was like, wait, that's Mrs. Loomis? I thought she was a fat bitch. And then... <laughs> and then Sydney's like, I don't know, she's 60 pounds lighter and had a makeover. That's so rude. I also love that Mrs. Loomis was like, my motive wasn't as 90s as Mickey's. Bro, how are you actually going to get away with this? Once all the fucking play sets just come down, like, guess the play isn't happening. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess they can't. I didn't even think about that, barely. I said bitch got Cersei and Jamie Lannister. <laughs> yes! That's, you run your mouth, you get tumbled by bricks. Mm-mm. But wait, there's more. Loomis is not dead. Nope. She grabs Sydney from the shadows and is about to stab her when Cotton appears. Loomis dances around with Sydney while holding a knife to her throat. She tries to convince Cotton to kill Sid so that he can be the star. Cotton points the gun at Sydney and tells her to reconsider the Diane Sawyer interview. <laughs> she agrees, and Cotton shoots Mrs. Loomis in the face. <laughs> so who needs therapy more? I said, fucking Cotton. Hate that he wasn't a part of this. I really wanted him to be the killer so he oh, could just, like, right. get out of here. I would do anything for Diane Sawyer. But also, <laughs> I think Sid has killed almost as many people as the people who has hunted her at this point. It's from, like, proximity alone. Yes! How is she not suicidal or anything? I know. She probably is, but we don't We just, that, we, but... it, that's too dark for the 90s. <sighs> Sydney takes the gun from Cotton and approaches Loomis. They find Gail alive. A fucking course they do. Nope. Mickey springs up, and Gail and Sydney release a full fucking round on his ass. 
Sid also shoots Loomis, again, just in case. The next day, Joel finds Gail by the ambulance. Dewey is found alive, a <sighs> fucking course. Unfortunately. <laughs> Reporters find Sid and ask her what it feels like to be a hero, and she tells them to ask Cotton. Cotton looks super happy despite all of this murder, and he says it'll make a hell of a movie. I hate it so much. Okay. <laughs> this is my last line of my notes. Yes. Of course, someone is still alive, and it's fucking Dewey. <laughs> How is he still alive? That piece of shit. My last two notes. Okay, good. Bring it. This auditorium looks like the same one from High School Musical. This together, let's see, and, and then I had to love because fucking Courtney Cox, our queen, goes, it's okay, it just bounced off my boobs. Please tell us, overview rating. I definitely like the satire, and I love that it makes fun of itself. Yes. And I love the inside jokes, because I was three years old and I didn't get them at the time, so thank you. Wouldn't watch again. <laughs> and then my rating is Sid is the next killer. I call it. And I'm sure Randy will come back to life somehow. And Dooley will be there. Can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> so excited. No. I said, so you know me. I love I these. And it's because I love this classic mixed with more of a contemporary feel in the 90s. <laughs> For me, it was. And I loved that. I'm going to give it four out of five on the stamp charts. And also, Gail gets seven out of nine lives. This bitch is a cat. She should have died twice. Has still not died. And my final rating is one big happy anniversary, bitches. Woo! There's like a swallow falling. Yeah. <laughs> happy anniversary, happy boo. Happy anniversary, boo. I don't want to break your mug. <laughs> All right. We love you guys so much. Thank you for listening and paying attention and doing bullshit with us. And yeah. And we are so happy we've made a whole year, and we can't wait to have many to come. It's been fun. Even if no one's listening, I don't care. We don't give a shit. It's for I fun. I love it. <laughs> All right. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.